Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 11, Squeeze Play. for this episode was December 17th, 1990. It was directed by Michael Priest, and it was written by Art Washington, who had previously written Tough Boys. Tough, tough, tough boys. <laughs> cannot say it without repeating it. Uh, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, uh, MacGyver stumbles onto a baseball memorabilia counterfeiting ring. Um, amidst also a plot to steal something it's known as a victimless crime yeah <laughs> counterfeiting memorabilia um, but there's a larger plot of a uh, priceless baseball memorabilia collection being stolen right which is a victim full crime yeah full victim it's like 100% victim yeah <laughs> everybody's a victim in this <laughs> even the perpetrator Yes, and uh, we're also rounding out the cast of our Colton's pilot. Yep. Before that ends up hitting the hitting the ground running, we have uh, the last member of the crew is introduced, Della Reese as as uh, Mama Colton. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we start this episode? I With Mama see, Colton is, is Frog Dog running around outside the house. Yeah, or? it's it's uh, MacGyver is bringing back Frog to Mama Colton because she's just returned from. Somewhere. Sure. Uh, and uh, so he's helping her bring in her bags with the dog. Yeah. And at that moment, a kid runs out of the house with a shoebox. Right. Presumably with the Madonna in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the same size. It's about another, the same size as another Madonna. kid who probably promised it a ride. Uh, yeah. So he, he runs off. And, of course, uh, Mama Colton and MacGyver immediately ch- start chasing him. Uh, but he gets away. Frog Dog is able to follow him the farthest. Yeah. Um, but not before the boy can hand off the shoebox to another kid. Um, and that's when Mama Colton and MacGyver catch him. Yeah. Uh, young little Ricky. Yeah. Uh, who uh, stole the cards because TJ Mitchell, the local bully, would beat him up if he didn't. Yeah. Uh, Ricky says oh, something. That, that's what he says, too, when they ask him why he gave away yeah. the cards. Okay. And then, and then and that's when... Because I remember Mama Colton going, Novus Riley, the baseball player? Yeah. Um, yeah apparently, uh, uh, we cut from here to... To Novus Riley. Novus Riley beaten, beaten up yeah. by the political prisoner. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. And also, the husband of... Uh, of what's Robin her name? Curtis. Robin Curtis's character from uh, uh, The Gauntlet. And- mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's beaten, her, he's beaten him up pretty bad. And... Uh, Apparently, Novus Riley has made some bad bets. Right. And now to cover his losses, um, well, someone else already covered his losses. Right. And that's why he feels that he's indebted to this new guy, and they want him to steal the what they call the Jackson Collection. Right. Um, and uh, and that's all we get from that scene. Right. Just that Novus Riley exists. He's a baseball player. He's um, played by Kent McCord, who mm-hmm. was uh, Captain Pilgrim in Predator 2. Yep. And he was also Unger. In Airplane 2. Big on sequels. Yeah. But uh, Unger is, of course, one of the three men in the cockpit when they redo the the joke, uh, Roger, Roger, over, over, Victor, yeah, Victor. Yeah. This, is, this time we have uh, Unger, over, and done. Yeah. Ro- Ro- uh, over was under, under, over. I was, I was under, I was under, over, and 
Over was underdone. Over was underdone. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, and that's when I say, how would you like your steak? Just a little overdone. What? <laughs> um, I know him mostly, though, from uh, uh, Farscape. Okay. Uh, sci-fi series. Uh, he played Jack Crichton uh, in multiple ways. Um, I know you don't know the show, but uh, the main character's father is Jack Crichton. See, and I the thought main this character. was a comic strip, so... <laughs> Uh, John Crichton is the main character, but the actor, Kent McCord, also plays this alien who has taken his father's form to, oh, okay. commu- to, to put him at ease when he so communicates with him. So it's like the movie them. Frequency. Yeah. No. It's more like Contact. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. It's actually exactly like Contact. <laughs> In fact, it's the same plot as Contact. No wonder um, it's called, his name is Crichton. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a Crichton movie? or No, it's um, Sagan. Oh, no. Yeah, Carl Sagan, Sagan wrote it. That's right. It feels like a Michael Crichton movie. Yeah. Uh, Is it the only Carl Sagan movie? Um, I can't think of any other Carl Sagan written movies. Mm, Who knows? Yeah. Um, so uh, Willard, who's playing played by Tim Rosovich, the political prisoner, right. uh, is the one who's beaten him up. And uh, from here, once again, we go to Mama Colton, uh, who wants MacGyver to get the baseball cards back. Right. Because Ricky informs them that, they, that they're going to trade them at the batter's box, which is a local trading card uh, shop. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't interested in baseball cards uh, then or now. Yeah. Um, so I don't I know. I plan to be in the future. <laughs> I feel that they're a sound investment. Uh, I don't know how big this kind of – well, like was this like a thing? You know, were there baseball cards were, – were car, sports cards still big? In they, 1990. Yeah, they, I mean, they still are now. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Man. I, I, when I, I used to work um, on this show called, called Most Extreme Elimination Challenge for um, Spike, I guess it was on at the time. And uh, one of the writers there was like big into card dealing. And I would have to take stuff for him to this little card shop in Burbank all the time. Yeah? Yeah. Right. Like he was like, oh, I got this one I'm selling this week. And I have to run stuff down there all the time, but there's still a huge market for it. That's crazy, because yeah. like I know, like obviously, like Pokemon and Magic, and and you know Yu-Gi-Oh and all that stuff. Like those kinds of cards are still heavily traded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Matthew and I went to that. I think sports is bigger than that still. Still, yeah. Really? Wow. I thought for sure that that whole market had bottomed out. Yeah. Because who cares? Sorry. I know that people care. I understand why people care about Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, but yeah. why would anyone care about Major League Baseball? Baseball. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, 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 too, would much rather watch two people play Magic the Gathering <laughs> than a baseball game. Uh, we are the most un-American guys. America's pastime. That's why it's past. Yeah, Sorry. We'll leave it in our dust. Uh, so at the card shop... Uh, TJ hands off the shoebox full of cards to a man named Eli the Expert. Right. Uh, who's a professional forger, played by William Samples. Yep. And he was the headmaster uh, of the school for girls in Ceasefire. Mm. He was the one who came outside that we were sure was going to have some kind of a Yeah, horrible shady in a, in a interaction. Yeah. But he ended up being a good guy. Yeah. See, you can't judge a book by his cover. Just looking out for Lisa Woodman. Yeah. Mambilk. <laughs> Mambilk. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say her name no, properly. You're, saying, you're right. That's how I say it too. It's just that's that's what her name sounds like. Mambilk. Uh, so uh, MacGyver arrives just after this handoff, so he doesn't actually witness it. Yeah. And uh, 
in inside the card shop is a very '90s store manager uh, whose name is Brock Johnson. That's the actor's name, Brock Johnson. Brock Johnson. Um, according to the MacGyver Project, although I didn't notice it on his IMDb, he was one of the thugs that was annoying the homeless Madonna character. Oh, okay. Um, but he also uh, is credited in the movie Postal as creepy masturbating guy. <laughs> so, uh, as opposed to friendly yeah. masturbating guy. That's something of a redundancy in the, in the credit. <laughs> Um, uh, Postal, if you haven't seen it, don't. It's uh, one of those Yui Bowl yeah. nightmares. Yeah. Man, he, or is it Uve? It's, it's, it's actually Uve. Uve um, Bowl. Uh, but uh, uh, it's like him and David Kato- David uh, Dakota. Dakota. Really? No, no. I mean, as far as like oh, people yeah. who are scamming the film industry for money, yeah. clearly, uh, like they get. The Uve Bowl is the one using like like. He's basically one of the Brandenburgs yeah. from, from the 10% solution because he's literally using like Nazi gold and like exploiting the like the German film industry, how mm-hmm. they like they subsidize. Yeah, films they subsidize and everything. Like that. Yeah, I, I mean the the film that my company produced was all subsidized in Germany. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy, but they're obviously scamming like Bull and Dakota. Yeah. Like, it, it's amazing that their films keep keep getting made. A talking cat. I can't believe a talking cat isn't suing Nine Lives right now. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I was kept hoping that Nine Lives was a joke. You it, know what though? Of that weekend that it came out, it came out against two other like big titles and was the best reviewed of the three. <sighs> it has to be at least funny because there's no way Kevin Spacey would be like, "Yeah, I'll play." A businessman who turns into a cat for no reason. Why not? This sounds this sounds great. Yeah. I'm Kevin Spacey. I'm on a hit TV show on Netflix. Yeah. One like crazy amount of I'm Emmys. I'm just gonna get Emmys galore, and then I'm gonna play a cat. Maybe, maybe it's like you just need a break. Yeah. Like I'm tired of serious acting. I just want to sit around. I'll be in your around. movie as long as you promise I only have to wear pants for one shoot day, and the rest of it I can do voices. That's how I want to do business. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver is trying to question the, uh, the store owner, Brock Johnson, AKA just credited as store manager. Yeah. Um, I think he even says his name later when he's on the phone, but it still doesn't matter. Um, but the guy is not really cooperating with, with what he wants. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a young lady steps in and, uh, she tells him that the whole deal went down, that the cards have already been sold to this other guy and, and uh, the store manager facilitated the whole thing in the back room. And, then, of course, he de- the store manager demands that they leave. And she says that they're counterfeiting cards there. And she says, like, she's like starts grabbing items and say, look at this signature. This looks like a little shady to me. Yeah. Um, but they're thrown out. Uh, and because the store manager starts to get physical with her. And, uh, and uh, that's when Max steps in. And yeah. they, they just leave. And as they're exiting, Mama Colton is arriving with Frog. It appears that she ran there. <laughs> yeah. Because she's like out of breath. She's got the dog. Um, um, and uh, Mama Colton has the list of cards that Jesse was apparently dedicated enough to keep an inventory. Keep an inventory, but not so dedicated to just keep them in a shoebox in a closet that everyone knows where it is, apparently, because Ricky knew where it was. Yeah. 
um, and Wendy is able to just look at the list and immediately appraise it at over fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, Maybe she just saw one fifty thousand dollar card. Yeah, this is worth at least fifty thousand. Well, you're not wrong, I guess. <laughs> uh, so Mama Colton says, "Well, you guys should work together then, because she obviously knows baseball cards and memorabilia, yeah, and uh, knows some of the players involved." Uh, but she introduces herself as Wendy Riley. Right. So clearly, no relation to anything anyone we've met. Yeah, no one that's been discussed yet. in this episode for sure. Uh, Certainly not me. No, missing a letter. I have relatives who don't have the O. Really? Yeah, because my dad put the O on there in his like twenties. Huh. He's one of eleven kids, but there he's the only O'Reilly now. Because he changed his last name. Interesting. Because he was going back through all the records back to like Ellis Island and saw when the O came off, and so he was like, oh, "I'm going to put it back on." That's kind of cool. Yeah. I often wonder about things like that, like about changing your name. I know we talked about way back when we started the podcast with um, uh, uh, Cypress. Um, Cypress Hill. No, the the girl, the Hungarian, the the, the thief, the thief of thief right, of Budapest. Right, the thief of Budapest. Yeah. Uh, Cora Cypress. Yeah. And that she had changed her name. Yeah. And I and I always wonder about family reaction, like if I were to change my first name or my last name. Like, how would my family appreciate that? Yeah, I, I don't know that, that my dad's uh, family appreciated or didn't appreciate it. I don't know that they cared a whole lot. But mm. I think, at, at least at the time that he did it, I think he was kind of the black sheep of the family. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, there's Johnny doing what he does. But it's also not a dramatic change in the sense that it's still pretty much the same name. Yeah. And also it was historically the yeah. family name. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like it's it's not like it's a betrayal or like oh i can't believe you would do that to us it's like it's like oh i see you're kind of making a more connection to our older family yeah and, yeah uh, and I, he's always been interested in like genealogy and stuff like that so but if he hadn't changed his name then he would his name would be john c riley oh really kind of funny yeah <laughs> and uh my name would be pat riley like the coach of the lakers okay former coach i i'll i'll have to give you that one there you go uh, at the um, counterfeiting warehouse slash uh, card printing shop, which for some reason MacGyver couldn't find, even though it's called Home Run Print Shop. Yeah. Where could they be counterfeiting all these baseball cards? Well, you would need a huge print shop to do that. That would be in the area. For Possibly some a baseball themed one. <laughs> but apparently he couldn't <laughs> find it. Um, Eli arrives with the cards, uh, the Colton cards, and he says that these cards are so perfect that I can make like indistinguishable forgeries in in a couple of days, and he's super excited about it. This is a guy who loves his job as a forger. Yeah. Um. It, this is this is not like uh, Donald Pleasance in uh, <laughs> Great Escape, where he's just kind of like, yeah, I can do this, I guess. Yeah. And he he's super into it. Uh, Wendy takes MacGyver over to her place, um, and of course she has. Tons of baseball material all over the walls. Is the Donald Pleasant's character the one who's like trying to convince people that he's not blind? Yeah. But like he like he puts plays. a pin on the floor like yeah. by the door and then he's like, like hey, I can see that over there. Yeah. And then like they move it and then they're like, now yeah. where is it? And he almost trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great movie. It is a really great movie. And a great escape. Mm-hmm. Not, not really. Like half of them died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or more. <laughs> a lot more. Some of them got away. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> They're all dead now. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> as far as actors or the the real life people? Probably both. Both, yeah. I mean, it's kind of both. Who's, who's still alive from The Great Escape? Steve McQueen's dead. Uh, Pleasance. Uh, Pleasance is dead. Garner's dead. Uh, Attenborough's dead. Uh, Are there any children in the movie? <laughs> but as far as like the, not Chuck Norris, uh, Charlie Bronson is dead. Uh, who else was famous in that movie? Everybody? Yeah, everyone. That's true. Everyone in that movie is famous. Yeah. Um, but some of the actors were pretty young. Well, anyway, it's a great yeah. movie. Did Richard Attenborough direct that? I can't remember. Mm, I don't think so. I saw a double feature of that and uh, is it Rescue Dawn? Is that the... That's a newer one, yeah. With Steve Zahn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw a double feature of those two at the New Beverly. And that's another, like, two, three-hour-long movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, one time when my brother was visiting from back east, we wanted to... I told him, you know, the best thing to do if you're going to take a long flight, stay up all night. Because then you'll for sure sleep on the plane. Yeah. Uh, so we stayed up all night watching World War II movies. <laughs> oh, nice. So like we watched uh, The Great Escape, and then we watched um, A Bridge Too Far. Yeah. Um, Dirty uh, Dozen. Uh, we didn't watch Dirty Dozen, but we watched another one. Might have been Tora, Tora, Tora. Uh, but uh, A Bridge Too Far, if you haven't seen it, also a really epic movie yeah, about yeah. Operation Market Garden. Um, amazing cast. Yeah. Just, just like, you know. And I think Richard Attenborough did direct that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was going to say I thought it was David Lean, but maybe not. See, I'm 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 confusing myself. But Bridge Too Far, really great. Yeah, really great movie. Tons of good people in it. Um. So uh, Wendy talks to MacGyver about the counterfeiting ring that is run by Bill Marsh. Uh, not Bill Maher. Yeah, not Bill Maher. Uh, but Bill Marsh. Uh. And uh, he's got to set up somewhere, but she has no idea where. Right. Where would you set up such a large-scale printing operation? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just look for print shops and then narrow it down to the ones that have enormous baseball scoreboards outside there. Yeah, or ones that are owned by Bill Marsh, which is a matter of public record, which Mama Colton looks up later. Yeah. Um, no, so- no, no. Let's Let's – Cause like a roundabout scheme to yeah. try and like reverse engineer a, an address out of a phone number. And, mm-hmm. Oh no, we could just look it up. Yeah, you just looked it up. Uh, you could have asked anyone on the street, "Is there a large printing place near here?" Yeah, it's right over. It's right there. I'm yeah, pointing at right it. There. <laughs> Everything's uh, within walking distance. That's how Mama Colton gets everywhere. Uh, this is when a uh, Novus Riley enters, which ends up being for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's there to tell Wendy to to not get involved with Marsh, and uh, he gives MacGyver kind of like a test to see if he's like really a baseball fan or a good guy by asking. Like, yeah, you ever see one of my games? Yeah, 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 <laughs> well, I, I did. It's, it's, all right, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you know who I am. Good, then right. you're fine. Um, yeah, so he, uh, MacGyver makes a reference that he says whenever he's about to steal a base, he rubs his nose, which also ends up being a thing throughout the episode. Yeah. When he's about to lie or he's trying to cover something, he keeps like nervously scratching his nose. Yeah, but it looks so forced every time that it's yeah. kind of frustrating. Because it's a weird way to scratch with like, yeah. like your index finger's knuckle. Yeah, it's like it, it's, but it's, it's just because the I think that on set they were, they were like, well, that wasn't exaggerated enough. I don't think the listener, the viewers are going to pick up yeah. on what you're doing. Uh, and so uh, after Novus does that, he just leaves. Right. I was like, what? What was what was happening? 
you just came here to yell at your daughter and then leave. Oh, also, yeah, this is his Wendy. Uh, Wendy Riley is actually turns out related distantly to Novus Riley. She is his daughter. <laughs> oh, who would have thought? Yeah, with the same names. Uh, I. Uh, basically, they want to try to find a way to get in on Marsh's uh, deal. But the only yeah. way is to, to make a deal through that card shop. They want to reclaim the marshland, if you will. <laughs> it'll, but it'll take three times longer and be more expensive <laughs> to go through the marshlands. Shut up, you Amish. Uh, so Wendy happens to have a, a counterfeit baseball. Uh, I think it was Roger Maris was yeah. the signer. Um, she says that the only way you could tell that this was fake was with an ink expert. So who do they have examine the ball to see if it's real but an ink and forgery expert? Now, what does that even mean, an ink expert? Like, this person would have to determine whether or not the ink was, like, accurate to the time period? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the way. Like, okay. the, the, the signature is too perfect that she was she was aware because... The ink on the ball, like she had the ink tested, I guess. So they carbon dated it, or they just determined that this is an ink that was not manufactured at, at the same time that Roger Well, well was probably, alive. yeah. I mean, it probably was an ink that contained maybe more lead or more more whatever chemical. They could Didn't tell have, by the radiation that this was used. Yeah, this, this is, is some post-war. low-grade low uranium. Uh, 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 yeah, but anyway, she was able to tell. Um, but yeah, their, their plan is to use the ball as an in to find out who's doing the dealing and then track it to the location. Yeah. So he puts a tracking device inside the uh, spherical ball uh, container uh, there to keep, the, you know, to keep the signature safe. Right. Which doesn't actually work uh, unless you keep it out of sunlight because my dad and mom have a signed ball you can't even read anymore because it was kept in a room with direct sunlight. Yeah. And it's completely bleached the signature Who off. Who is it signed by? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, and uh, let's see. So back at uh, Marsh's place, uh, Willard Timorosevich's character is saying that Novus Riley isn't responding uh, to to the beatings. Right. <laughs> the beatings are going great, but they're not having the they're results not, that we yeah, want. They're not having the desired effect. I mean, I'm getting out a lot of aggression. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so Marsh says, well, then if he doesn't care about his body or his gambling or his career, then we'll threaten his life. Marsh, by the way, is being played here by Malcolm Stewart, who was Skinner in Second Chance. Mm-hmm. The guy coaching a bunch of children to rob all the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. roadside salespeople. You little slimes. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> He's always this guy. Yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, Mama Colton has made a deal with Ricky's mother that he has to read a book for every baseball card that's stolen, which is a lot of books. Right. Even for a kid. And she starts him out with uh, the Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Which is also the... Uh, Related to the name of her computer. Right. Which apparently has access to everything. Yeah, which was... Because the password is like... Because the book was written by Alexander Dumbass. Yeah. And, and so... And she calls her... MacGyver says, we need we need to use Alex yeah. to find out this information. And, of course, the computer is named after Alexandre Dumas. Yeah. Uh, from Shawshank. Yeah. Reference Shawshank. Um, I love that part at the end of... Uh, Django Unchained. Yeah. When he's just like, he's talking to, like, he doesn't know anything about 
the three musketeers yeah, yeah. and he keeps going further into it and then he's like oh, did you did you even know that he was a black author yeah <laughs> like you have no idea what you're talking about uh, uh so uh this is also like early early internet like the internet was just starting to be a thing at this point yeah um because like my my friend uh john had a prodigy back right. in the day yeah it me was, too you know, you dial in a little star, yeah, like hand-drawn star-shaped Prodigy. I had pen pals on Prodigy. That was my uh, first email. Um, so yeah, so this isn't outside of the realm of reality that that they're using computers. And obviously, like um, even in war games in like the late mid '80s, um, they were doing like he was able to like log into uh, airlines and book tickets and travel. Yeah. Like this concept of dialing in and getting information isn't foreign um yeah but we had internet really early my mom actually used it for work to, oh, really? to like book her trips and everything she was a flight attendant with american airlines and she would she had to like log into their site that was all like ms dos looking mm-hmm. and enter in all the codes to like set up her which flights she was going to reserve and um so yeah we had prodigy and then we had netscape and then earthlink and then aol I yeah, think that was the path to AOL for us. My, my first, my first was AOL. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually had to get, I got a second phone line for the house. Right. Well, my I asked my mom if we could get a second phone line, um, so I could have uninterrupted service, and uh, and uh, also then started getting into online gaming with uh, my friend John, who I just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, we started playing Warcraft two over the internet. Oh, okay. Back then, though, you had to sign into like an internet server. To bridge the connection. Right, yeah. You couldn't do direct dial-in connections. Yeah. So we were using, like, I think Cali was the uh, was the. Well, that's kind of how AOL worked, too. You were signing into their server. Yeah. Their lo- their local number yeah. was what you so dialed into. So you weren't into. dialing, like, a long-distance number. Um, but it was also my first time pirating a game. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Blizzard. Um, my friend John, he sent, he sent me piece by piece the install files. Like you the remember server game. chat rooms? Um, that was an early AOL thing. You would go into a chat room called Server, S-E-R-V-E-R, or Server 1 or Server 2 mm. or Server 3, and you would just type, like, send list or something like that. And then someone would send you, like, their whole inventory of all the files that they could give you, mm-hmm. and it would be, like, um, Warcraft 2, yeah. uh, 30 parts or something like mm-hmm. that. And it would say, like, you know, the next game, Worms, 45 yeah. parts and stuff like that. And so then you would say, uh, requesting number 12, and then they would forward you an email that had like 90 attachments then you would download them all they'd all be yeah. zip files and then you'd have to put them all together before you could install it yeah yeah he sent me very specific instructions for each file that he sent me where what folder in the hierarchy oh my gosh and um and it worked it was amazing like yeah that nowadays like you install something on a, especially on a windows pc it goes into so many it goes into the registry you, it's it's a lot harder to to forge it. I mean, obviously, well, we had crack. To, when we played the first Grand Theft Auto, like Grand Theft Auto the, One, the, the top down, we had to like Frankenstein it together from like four different versions of the game because there was like a demo that was available on the website from Rockstar, and then there was like two other versions of it that we found like random files that we needed for it. But then when you would start the game up, it would say Grand Theft Auto in one font, but it would flicker to the other font because we had put so many different. Mm-hmm. pieces of the game together but it worked it worked fine That's it awesome. basically just took the i think the original demo only had like you could play grand theft auto for like 300 seconds yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it would restart and so basically it just took the clock off 
Um, back in the early days of piracy. Yeah. Um, it's so much more complicated now. Yeah. Not that I do it, NSA. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> um, so uh, MacGyver wants to basically create a deal where they're going to log into these car dealers' websites and put in an offer for this Roger Maris signature. Yeah. And so MacGyver needs to go undercover. And when Mama Colton asks, well, then what's the name going to be of the seller? We get Dexter. Yeah. Dexter returns. Uh, MacGyver goes undercover as Dexter. Um, and I love when he comes into the hotel room. He's like, it's a nice room. Who's this guy? He's huge. <laughs> Uh, uh, and so, you know, uh, the deal is for actually some of the Colton cards. Right. I think just to make sure that they're the ones who have them. Right. I'm assuming that's part of the deal. But we don't know if he's actually getting the Colton cards back or the really good fakes. Forgeries, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, of course, Eli, the expert, is examining the ball. And I thought for sure... Because she said only an ink expert could tell you that this is a forgery. I'm like, well, this, this guy, be an ink he's guy's an ink expert. He's going to know. Yeah. And the jig is going to be up, but he totally buys the signature. Yeah. And I thought, it's weird that you made him. And he's be- probably just as excited about how clean the signature is on yeah. this one. Um, maybe he even recognized it as a counterfeit, but realized this is such a good counterfeit yeah. that it's just as good as the real thing. Yeah. Uh, it fooled this Dexter guy. Yeah, and he seems like he's on the ball. Look at that Letterman jacket. On the ball. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> you, did, you made the joke. Oh, I thought you made it. Uh, so he gets the cards, and uh, they start the tracker, and uh, they track it down to uh, uh, to Marsha's house, which yeah. is a big graystone manor not to be confused with the actual graystone manor <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure I, it looks to me like it could be the same house from uh parker house yeah yeah i'm not 100 percent sure on that but it looks like it to me um meanwhile uh uh novice is uh watching footage of him uh introducing reggie jackson to this baseball museum that's going to be opening up yeah and that uh and apparently Marsh is watching the same thing at the same time and just decides to give Novus a call. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, hey, Novus, it's Marsh. Just a reminder, we're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so they, uh, with uh, MacGyver and Wendy outside the house, they call into Mama Colton about the address to see who owns it. Uh, and MacGyver sneaks in and is immediately chased by a Rottweiler. Right. And who he tricks to go into a shed, luckily, and locks the dog in the shed. I don't know how the dog was so easily tricked. Yeah. But you don't see it because it's inside the shed. Yeah. And there's also, the dog doesn't realize it, but the exploding necklace is also in there. (laughs) You put the exploding necklace around the dog. Um, As MacGyver creeps up towards the house, he is very upset to see that there's a fire in the fireplace. (laughs) Because... As we all know, MacGyver's preferred point of entry yeah, is down a always, chimney. He's always had a Santa Claus thing about him. <laughs> it's such a great reaction. He sees the fire in the fireplace and he kind of goes, <laughs> like, that was my only way in. <laughs> that reminds uh, me of, um, there's a tweet from Conan O'Brien that was like the first joke that he ever wrote. And it was, um, the fear of getting stuck in a chimney is called Santa Claustrophobia. 
<laughs> he says, I wrote that joke when I was eight, and it's still funny. <laughs> oh, man, that man is amazing. Uh, so he, uh, MacGyver then kind of just kind of eavesdrops through a window or something. Um, and uh, they're trying to, he hears that they're trying to get Novus in line. Uh, Mon Colton calls into Wendy and says that the house is owned by Mel Marsh, which then she immediately just rushes the house. Yeah. Um, whose house did they think it was? I don't know. I mean, they, they had to suspect that it was someone tied to the counterfeiting ring that Bill Marsh is running. Yeah. But for some reason, she immediately abandons the plan and runs towards the house and thinks MacGyver is the dog locked in the shed. Yeah. Because uh, she hears scratching and whimpering inside the shed. <laughs> ruff, ruff. MacGyver always does it. MacGyver, is that you? You're not answering me. So I'm going to open this door. Yeah. And she's just mercilessly mauled to death oh, by it's, this. Oh, it's horrific. It's pretty graphic for this show. Yeah. Because you can see, like, tendons and stuff getting yeah, taken you like, apart. Yeah, you know that scene in Django? Yeah. We just mentioned? <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Only the dog doesn't attack her. Yeah, and she's got a rake. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Willard and Marsh see her, and they realize, oh, look, we, have, we got some leverage now. Yeah. Uh, we'll just use her. So they drive off uh, with her in tow, and when MacGyver tries to track them, he sees that the tracking device isn't moving because they left the ball at the house. Right. They got bigger fish to fry now. I have a note here. <laughs> My note was, at this point, I would have just torched the house. <laughs> yeah. Just burn his house down. Because why not? <laughs> well, the house is made of rock. Um, I don't know why I wrote that because I think I would have just been like, this guy's a jerk. And the best way to stick There's it to... There's not a good reason to not burn down Yeah, just do it. I mean, I don't know why I wrote that note. It seems really funny in retrospect, but I think I was really upset with MacGyver's lack of action. Yeah. Just, just burn the house down at least. Do something to hurt this guy. Yeah. Because he's clearly just got to... burn a, the shed down. Blow up the dog with the necklace. <laughs> uh, so... I'm like, just imagining the dog like jumping out of the bottom of a helicopter and getting shot in the back now. Oh. Uh, the way Nikki Carpenter did before she was Nikki Carpenter. Yeah. Pre-Nikki Carpenter. So MacGyver puts in a call to Novus. Novus just sits in his apartment all day answering the phone pretty yep. much. Um, tells him about Wendy and that he wants to meet MacGyver nearby. And MacGyver gives him a very specific address. And Novus seems to know exactly where it is because he says... That's only 10 minutes away. It's like, you don't even know how... Do you know addresses, locations yeah. that well? The apartment that Novus is in that like overlooks the bay, mm -hmm. it kind of looks like the apartment from The Gun that we watch that story about when they're like, oh, they did a, uh, they did a test on the gun, and it turns out it was the gun that was used for this political assassination. Oh, okay. Like It almost looks like the same apartment, but I guarantee you that... That window that he that is in the background overlooks the boat, the, the, the houseboat? actual houseboat. It's yeah. got to be out there. And this might actually even be an apartment in the cube, like the building they're using as the Phoenix Foundation. Oh, is that on the bay? Is the cube on it's, the bay? It's really close. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he's planning to meet MacGyver, but before he leaves, another call comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and this time it's Marsh saying that he's got Wendy, even though he already knew that. Um and that he wants the Reggie Jackson collection in the next two hours or she's going to die. Right. 
Is this the first time that it's referred to as the Reggie Jackson collection, or does he just say Jackson again? Well, um, well, he they keep saying Jackson, but when we watched the news broadcast, we saw that it was Reggie Jackson who was donating his jersey and ball and gloves and all that stuff from from a particular game. Right. So we now know it is the Reggie Jackson collection. Yeah. Um, Mock Holton tells MacGyver that uh, Novus isn't going to show up because they have his daughter and he's going to do whatever they say. Um, so, uh, but she also somehow has a, a connection to Reggie Jackson through her hairdresser's friends, uncles, brothers, cousins, friend. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so she's all, I'm going to make some calls. Um, so, uh, Novus heads to the baseball stadium for some reason. Oh, wait, to get the collection. That's right. right. Sorry. I was like, and Reggie's there. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Cause he, first of all, he steals the collection, which is just in a trunk, uh, in a cupboard. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, before he can leave, that's when Reggie Jackson and MacGyver show up and they convince Novus the right thing to do is to call the police. Right. And, uh, so MacGyver like is, says is like, it's a real honor to meet you, Mr. Jackson. Cause we just had Hank Aaron like two seasons ago, I feel. Or more. Four seasons ago. What really was it that long ago? Wasn't it season two? No, it was the, it was season three, episode three. Yeah. Wow. Back got, from the dead. Yeah, we've got so many episodes. Yeah. Because that was with uh, the eraser. Came yeah. Back, right. So yeah. that was three seasons back. So uh, as MacGyver goes to call the police, Novus does his no scratch thing that like he's gonna he's gonna steal a base. Right. Which, in this case, means drive off with the Reggie Jackson collection. I wanted him to just run over and grab a base off of the field. Ha <laughs> ha! Eh. Uh, I can sell you this, Marsh. Is this worth anything? I stole <laughs> it out of the field. What's it full of? I don't know. Padding, I guess? I don't know. What do they fill these with? Diamonds! <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That's why they call it a baseball diamond. Oh, it makes sense. Uh, but it doesn't. <laughs> Um, I just found out why they call it the gridiron for football field. Because all the bases are full of gridiron. Because <laughs> I guess the early days of, of football, they uh, uh, they used to not they used to have horizontal and vertical lines, so it would be oh, a, so grid. It was a grid. Yeah, that's and why they, they call it the gridiron. Like, well, wait, we don't measure. We don't measure this way. Left to right, <laughs> it's just forward and backward. Yeah, we don't need these are the lines. Yeah. Well, they still have them. They still have the. The, the hash marks up the field. Yeah. But uh, but they don't do the lines all the way across. Yeah. Because during the during the wartime they had to chalk was use so less expensive. Chalk. Oh. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver now heads back down to the uh, card shop, his only lead to the to the counterfeiting ring now, other than the house and Bill Marsh's name and the gigantic print shop. Yeah. Um. So uh, he 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 comes in as Dexter. Now playing a more wealthy version of Dexter, who's yeah. got so much money to burn that he wants to buy a ton of really rare baseball cards. And uh, he promises the store owner a $1,000 bonus per card if he can fulfill the order in 60 yeah, seconds. That made no sense. Yeah. I don't understand what the point of that was. How about just offering him a bonus of $10,000 if he can get the order at all? Yeah. Because he's still going to want it. Yeah. He's still going to want the money. Um. So, of course, like, he can't handle the order as quickly as Dexter is giving it to him. So he calls yeah. it in. And uh, MacGyver records the – first of all, here's what's my issue with MacGyver recording. 
he starts the tape recorder right in front of the store owner. Yeah. He like he's like, hold on, click. All right, go. Like he wasn't trying to hide that he was recording. But I think the that he did it in such a way that the store owner would think that he was just timing him. With a tape recorder? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, well, anyway, MacGyver's able to get the musical tones of the phone rather than just watch him dial. I yeah. guess I guess getting the tones is probably better. Is it though? Because, and this is the way it's always seemed to me that one, four, and seven sound the same. Two, five, and eight sound the same. And three, six, and nine. No, sound they the all same. sound different. But it just when he's dialing them, it just sounds like because the number that he dials is like five, 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 two, something, something, seven, and the fives, the two, and the seven all sound the exact same. Or the two, well, the, two and the eight. They're all slight variations on the t- octaves of right. the tones, but but it's all, so close that it just seems like yeah. Oh, it's almost not even different. But I guess it's different enough that he can hear it. I mean, they have to be different. That was like the whole concept yeah, of how the, I, the phone I works. That. Yeah, um, back before pulse dial, after pulse dialing, you know. Yeah. You ever used pulse dialing back in the day? No. It sounds familiar. <laughs> um, back when you used to call things like, and you had touch tone operations like for pulse dialing, press you know press one. I mean, that's basically how a rotary phone would yeah, work. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how a rotary yeah. phone worked. Um, and uh, so. MacGyver's able to get the uh, phone number from the guy because uh, they obviously can't complete the order today, uh, so he's got to come back tomorrow. Um, and that's when he calls into Ma Colton to get the address for that phone number, which, of course, leads him to the gigantic print shop. Yeah. So now Novus uh, finds himself in a precarious situation where he gives them part of the collection, and he says, I'll only give you the other half when Wendy goes free. Yeah. And my note here is, why do people in TV shows never understand how leverage works? Yeah. He's got your daughter. Yeah. You can't make a deal yeah, it's with too late him. Because he's just going to say, okay, then I'll just kill her. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, here the you go. The only reason you give us the first half is because you had to. So you also have to give us the second half. Yeah. And so, of course, Marsh immediately threatens the daughter and puts her hand in a paper cutting machine. One of those yeah. that can cut, like, you know... 500 sheets of paper in one stroke. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, and maybe this is just because I'm a terrible person, but uh, when he said, like, all right, well, you go out to your car and you get the rest of this stuff or I'm going to cut her fingers off, like, I feel like if he, when he came back, she should have just been missing at least a finger. Yeah. And then, like, this is what you get for leaving some yep. of it in your car. Do not do this next time. Yeah. We're going to kill you anyway, though. Because you know too much. Uh but uh, so as Novus realizes that he can't bargain, because yeah. of course he has nothing to bargain with, um, but he happens to spot MacGyver, who gives him the nose scratch signal. Right. Like, as if he needed to, because you clearly see it's MacGyver. Yeah. You don't need a signal to go, oh, he's what on my MacGyver side. What if MacGyver just had an itchy nose and it's he like... didn't want to send a signal? <laughs> Novus just starts punching people and they all start shooting. He's like, no, what are you doing? That wasn't the signal to, to do it. <laughs> do you... I think there was a fly on my nose. He, he's like sorting a mosquito. He's like, "What? What am I supposed to do?" <laughs> uh, so and then he hits the button, and it, the slicer cuts the fly in half. Nice shot. Beautiful. <laughs> That's a clean cut fly right there. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, as you said, uh, they tell him he has to go to his car to get the other half of the collection, and they only send one goon 
with him instead of all going out to the car together. Right. So MacGyver and Novus are able to take out the one uh, guy, lone lone goon man, uh, lone goon man, <laughs> the lone goonman. <laughs> we got buyers coming back, so we yeah. might as well make lone gunman references. Lone goon man. <laughs> and then MacGyver starts turning on all these machines in the uh-huh. printing house so that the noise will draw Skinner's attention. Yeah. Marsh's attention. Yeah. So they they start to. Uh, 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 they lure Willard in, and uh, Mac and he fight, and Novus tackles Marsh, and uh, Marsh starts swinging the Reggie Jackson bat at him. Yeah, um, which and, is floppy as heck. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a scene where the bat is like almost bent like 90 degrees. Yeah, well, because of the swing. Well, no, because it's a rubber bat that they didn't want to hurt somebody with. Rubber's probably not even right, because that right. would hurt pretty bad too. But whatever it is, it's... It bends way more than wood does. Yeah, it's not like, you know, Huckabee at least took a real whip, even though it had a like a cotton tip or felt yeah, tip. Yeah, like, yeah. He still he still took it. Yeah. Uh, That's just because Cooper's awesome. We love you, Cooper Huckabee. Uh, so uh, Marsh gets away. Uh, Willard Willard gets a door safe door kicked into his face. I think. Yeah. Because um, obviously. MacGyver, what I like about this is MacGyver keeps fighting guys who are too big, so he can't use his classic one punch. Yeah. Like he like as uh, with Mendoza in Bitter Harvest, and now obviously Tim Rosovich, uh, another very large man. Yeah. Um. So they head outside, and Marsh is uh, trying to drive away. MacGyver. And he has the Reggie Jackson ball. Yeah. That's the last piece of the only, memorabilia. The only that thing he that he has left. Him. Yeah. And so he hits MacGyver in the face with the ball. Yeah. Um. And then speeds off to his house, which presumably MacGyver has burned Burn to the down. ground. No. Um, so he's driving away, and uh, MacGyver yells to uh, Novus, who has a bat. He says, pull this it. Is, this is a pretty awesome finish for the episode, actually. It I is. I really it like is. this part. But um, have, you, have you seen the film The Natural with Robert Redford? Uh, no. All of this is related to that. Okay. This is all related to the finale of The Natural. Okay. Um, so... People who are listening who have seen The Natural would know what I'm talking about with this scene. So The Natural ripped off an episode of MacGyver, you're saying? Yes. Okay, got it. Before this MacGyver episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he yeah, so, pitches him a curveball and he says, pull it to the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So Novus hits it to the scoreboard. It strikes the, the board and it starts sparking and going crazy. And Marsh, instead of stopping the car or driving faster... Decides just, to look up at it. And just put his hands up over his face. Yeah. In protection. As the scoreboard falls to the ground and crushes the car. Yeah. It probably kills Marsh. No, he comes out. He's yeah. okay. He stumbles out of the car, so you know he's alive. And then he dies. So he's dead. Yeah, so he's dead. End of episode. Um, <laughs> That's like the end of uh, Dirty Work. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, and Dr. Farthing, he got his $50,000. But uh, the bookies killed him anyway, so he's dead. Well, that's it. <laughs> uh, the uh, Act Five Roundup: Ma Colton and uh, Novus are going to be uh, putting the Colton baseball card collection in the museum. So I guess they don't get any money for them after all. So I don't know why Jesse was collecting them all these years. Uh, he's going to be mad. Yeah. 
And oh, also we should mention that the reason the other Coltons aren't in here is because they're off on assignment. Right. So. Um, uh, I think this is still, this is all before the Colton's pilot would have been shot because the Colton's yeah. pilot was shot to be the finale of this season, mm. but then I don't think it ever aired, and so that's why they ended up recycling it somewhere in the last season. Yeah. Uh, Ricky returns, having read the Three Musketeers, presumably. Right. Or claiming to. Yeah. Uh, he didn't fill out a book report, so right. we don't know. We'll never know. Um, but uh, he sees Nova's Riley, and he asks, oh, can I get an autograph? How much would it cost? I've got $30. And and he, and he looks at MacGyver. How much does he want, MacGyver? Jeez. Yeah. He's like, I don't think he wants anything, Ricky. He just wants you to love the game. Yeah. And then he signs the inside of his Three Musketeers book. <laughs> Thanks, <good>. dumbass. <laughs> Why'd you send sign it, Alexander Dumas? By the way, uh, so this whole episode is really trying to play up this concept that sports memorabilia counterfeiting is a dangerous thing, and the police won't get involved because when you try to tell them, they and, just laugh at and you. And counterfeiters are serious mafioso types that will cut off fingers if you yeah. don't give them cards. That they're counterfeiting. And and that people have lost their way with baseball memorabilia and they're making it more about money and signing autographs. And it's like really heavy-handed. Like, yeah. I mean... For a crime that really doesn't matter. Yeah. In, unless that's... If I buy my kid a counterfeit baseball card, my kid will be ecstatic. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares if it's counterfeit? It's irrelevant. Uh, I think you're actually taking money out of the game by making counterfeits. Yeah. Because if you flood the market with them, then nobody cares about the the autographs anymore. Exactly. Oh, you could just fake these. Um, (laughs) that was always uh, my thing. Uh, uh, you ever seen Inside Daisy Clover? Uh, no, I got a peek once. <laughs> no, what is that? Um, it's a it's a Natalie Wood movie, one of the later movies before she died. Uh, where she it's a really amazing movie, actually. Yeah. Um, she is a she works at on the Santa Monica Pier, but she sells celebrity autographs. Yeah. But she every time she gets a new like stock foot of photos, she's signing them all herself. Oh really? <laughs> signing the signatures. Well, she is famous. Um, but on the side, she goes to these recording booths and records records. And yeah. one of these records happened to fall into the hands of a producer played by Christopher Plummer. Oh okay. Who's who's like the head of like this major studio. Yeah. And sees her as a, a potential talent to exploit. And man, does he exploit her. Oh yeah, it's insane. It's such a dark look at Hollywood and how they use actors as commodities. And he he refers to her as it. Yeah. Um. It it must learn to speak better. Yeah. Like like he's training her to be like an A list star singer. Yeah. Uh. That and, reminds me of uh, the the producer the film producer from The Godfather that like put this the girl through like all sorts of training and everything yeah. to make her like the perfect star. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's exactly, like, but it's so dark because they're all. You're also, you know, Robert Redford's in the movie playing like this famous male actor. Yeah, they're all. Well, we're gonna put you two together and get you guys married because it'll be better to sell. Right. But uh, uh, and Robert Redford's horrible to her. Yeah. He is so horrible. Like treats her so badly. And it's called Inside Daisy Clover. Yeah, I'll it's it's it an up. amazingly crazy, weird, dark look at Hollywood. Yeah. 
and it's nothing like I've ever seen before. And Natalie Wood is amazing. Christopher Plummer, everyone's amazing in it. Yeah. Um, uh, so I highly recommend it. Right. But the reason I brought it up was because she, she forges all the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a weird roundabout, but yeah. So I feel like this, they try to make this episode seem like it's really important when um, they I can't just, all be important. Yeah, I'm sure it's important to some people who collect baseball cards and realize, yeah, counterfeiting is a big deal. But yeah, I don't but on think their deathbed they'll be like, oh, yeah, I have all these baseball cards. I guess that's neat. <laughs> But I don't think that this is something MacGyver, like, he, he helped, okay, what, what happened in the last couple episodes? He helped people who were being poisoned by pesticides and helping farm workers, and then... Uh, yeah, causing birth defects and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's That's horrible. a pretty serious problem. He helped a family who was being scammed by con artists. Yeah. Uh, it's like, these are the kinds of things that MacGyver helps out. Like, baseball card counterfeiting and... And a baseball collection being stolen. Not I mean, a big deal. If MacGyver had not been there, the Reggie Jackson collection would have been stolen. And everyone would be okay. Yeah. No one's fingers would have been threatened. Yeah. No, no one had – they didn't have her, his daughter. Uh, and, and so it's – if they and they can't kill Novus because then they wouldn't get the collection. Yeah. So – The Coltons would have been out $50,000 worth of cards. Yeah. Um, and they would have been upset, but – you know, that's that's yeah. life. He obviously didn't need the money that badly, or he would have sold the cards already. Yeah, and he wouldn't have kept them in a shoebox in a closet. You put them in a safe or in a safety deposit box or something. Yeah. Um, uh, but they all, they're getting work. Yeah. They're, they're on assignment right now. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of uh, Christopher Plummer from Inside Day of the Clover, this just reminded me I of... I think I clogged your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever see The Inside Man? I got a peek once. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) I can't believe that this happened again. (laughs) It's just, it is a pointless reference now. Nothing will be funnier than what you said. Is that Spike Lee? (laughs) Yeah, it's a Spike Lee movie. Is it Clive Owen? Clive, it's Clive Owen, Jodie Foster, Christopher Plummer, Shuatel, Leisure Floor, Den, uh, Denzel Washington. Keep, keep going. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, That's it. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted Willem. Uh, but uh, Jodie Foster needs to get into this bank because Christopher Plummer's got something stored in a deposit box. Yeah. And she says, all right, but you have to be 100% honest with me. And if you tell me it's your collection of baseball cards, but it's actually nuclear launch codes, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Um, so. And it's baseball cards. Yeah. Um, so it made me think of that sign. So anyway, yeah, this episode, a little weak. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it is what it is. They can't all be the visitor. <laughs> uh, um, I think that's about it for yeah, this it's, it's not a terrible episode, so I'm not saying yeah, it's bad. Yeah, and the it's finale just, is pretty great. I mean, you know, the guy gets his comeuppance, but also just using memorabilia to mm-hmm. bring down this scoreboard on the car is pretty awesome. And, incredibly and, the, and the shot looks great. Yeah. So. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share on this one, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. 
Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 6, Episode 12, Jericho Games. Ooh, let the games begin. Ah, thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.